Hello, I'm Bree, and you are listening to Healing is the Worst. Before we get started, please note that I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm a narcissistic abuse survivor with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. The show should not be substituted for actual medical advice, and what has worked for me in my healing journey may not be suitable for all listeners. Healing is not one size fits all. Some of the topics in this show may be triggering to some listeners. If you are in crisis, please seek help immediately. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect my views or the views of this podcast. Please also know that I will be discussing real people and real events, but will be changing names and locations as a means of personal protection. Any alleged criminal activity discussed in the show is therefore alleged, except for what has been prosecuted under law. Thank you and welcome to the show. Good morning, good evening, or good night, depending on where you are and when you're listening. My name is Bree, and this is the podcast, Healing is the Worst, my journey through narcissistic abuse, and my very nonlinear path to recovery. Speaking of nonlinear, it's about 11.11 this morning, which is cool. I don't know. If you're into that thing, that's nice, I guess. Um, But I've been up since 4 a.m. Why have I been up since 4 a.m.? That is a very good question. Um, apparently, um, we're just gonna have nightmares again. Good times. I had a nightmare about my ex last night. (laughs) And it was, like, the weirdest thing ever. So, you know what's sad is that's not even the most ridiculous part. So, when I was retelling my friend Morgan this story this morning, literally, I was like, the most ridiculous part is that in this dream, I had a new boyfriend, First most ridiculous part of the dream. Second most ridiculous part of the dream is I had updated my CV and posted online. Now, I uh, used to write and I stopped writing because one day my ex had gone through all my journals and started interrogating me and was angry that I had talked about a crush I had in high school in a journal that I completely forgot about long before I even knew he existed. But that made me a bad guy, apparently. So, I stopped writing like that. I just could not write after that. I've tried to journal since. I uh, I really struggle with it. And so writing hasn't really been happening. Anyways, so first most ridiculous thing was I had a boyfriend in this dream. No idea what he looked like. I think I saw the back of his head. So that's nice. Uh, but he was there. So cool. Still ridiculous. Um, (laughs) I've tried to date a little bit. Um, but I mean, who wants to sign up for this? I wouldn't, I mean, my intention is to never hurt someone the way that I was hurt. But at the same time, um, you know, there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. And although I would never want to hurt anyone intentionally, I have a lot of trauma and I have a lot of baggage and I don't expect anyone to help me carry that. And the idea of putting myself out there again is horrifying. And I also have like some self-esteem issues. The last time I was dating, I was like fit and uh, younger and all the things that I'm not now. And so the confidence I had back then, I definitely don't have now. So it was just, it was weird. I was like, okay, (laughs) it's weird, uh, having a boyfriend, but okay. 
first weird part of the dream, second weird part, CV, okay, haven't updated that since 2014, because I haven't done anything, and then, so in the, in the nightmare, we'll call it a nightmare, um, somehow I'm staying at the same place as my ex, he looks like he did in his mugshot, terrifying, um, and, <laughs> He starts, like, attacking me, which is not uncommon, kind of like he did with the whole journal thing. He was like, why would you be putting yourself out there like that? Why are you selling yourself? Why would you do that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm just so perplexed. He's like, you know, you're just selling yourself and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And, and finally, at one point, I told him to F off. And then I woke up which in real life didn't tell him that very often, not as much as I deserved to, but I did it in my dream. That felt pretty good. But I did I want to wake up at 4 a.m. because of that? No. So couldn't fall back asleep. So at like 5.36, I just started my meal prepping. Um, so now it's 11.11 or whatever it is now. And, uh, yeah, I kind of run out of things to do, but I really don't want to do anything. <laughs> it was a really crazy week. Um, so I'm just tired. Anyways, back to it. So this is part two of my body kept the score. And I think talking about nightmares is important because... I mean, the nightmares are just a manifestation of both whatever my anxiety is now um, and my trauma and how it's stored in my brain and body and how my brain and body choose to process it. So kind of, I mean, it's funny because <laughs> I mean, the most ridiculous, it's funny to me if I was looking at it from like a normal person perspective, it, that the most hilarious parts to me are the my having a boyfriend and my updating my CV and not nightmares about my ex. <laughs> and I'm just going to laugh because I don't know how else to process things. Um, I still tr struggle with crying and I posted on someone's TikTok about this because they had posted about how they apologized to their therapist for crying. And... I struggle with crying because anytime I cried, it was, you're just being manipulative. Um, you're just trying to manipulate me. Stop crying. Um, so crying usually made things worse for me. So usually if I start crying, I try to stop immediately. I used to do this thing where I'd hold my head back and I'd be like, go back in my head. <laughs> Like, tears can just magically go back into your head. Um, but yeah. So, and I, I don't think that's healthy. Obviously, um, on my... This body keeps the score part two. On body the score part one. I definitely started crying a lot. It's fine. <laughs> I even, like, listened back to it and cried. But, you know, my friend Kay always tells me that I need to feel my feelings more. But I just, I'm really worried about opening, like, I feel like I'm slowly opening the Pandora's box, but I'm not there yet. 
we'll get there someday. I I hope that I can have normal reactions to things someday and be able to feel my feelings completely and not be ashamed of them or not be scared um that they ha- that my feelings have consequences. Um so that's I mean now that I've said it aloud that's really terrible. <laughs> you know some of the stuff is just so normalized for me and so I say it out loud or I, I tell a friend and they're like, oh, that's, mm, that's not normal. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, um, turns out I have a lot of friends that have trauma. And so many, I mean, trauma is different for everyone. So, you know, everyone experiences it a little bit differently. Um, and different, it manifests in different ways and is caused by different things. Um, and I, and I am much more understanding of the hurts that we carry with us through our lives. And, you know, I would definitely say that the, the things that I endured as a child and a teenager really um, led to... I love my parents, but... Um, and they did better than their parents. But it was very high control. I didn't have a lot of freedom. Um, I also was, you know, things that would have given me independence, like driving or um, having my own bank account that just I had access to, like things like that, I didn't have. Like those were withheld from me. Um, I also was told that if I wanted things, I had to work for them. So I'd been working since I was like 12 or 13 so I could have the things that I wanted because they were not going to be provided for me. Um, so I do love my parents, but a lot of those things led to my being in a situation like I was in. I was not allowed to do the things that all my friends were allowed to do. I wasn't really allowed to go out. Every time I went out, I got grounded because apparently I took it too far, you know, and I was just doing normal freaking kid stuff. And, you know, my dad was like, you were a nightmare as a kid. Are you like, what? I sat home and watched Law and Order. Like, what are you talking about? I never got to do anything. So I don't know how I was a nightmare. I was very mad that I was essentially, like, withheld from life, but, and then was not given the help I needed to process that anger or other betrayals that I felt. Um, so yeah, definitely, like, coercive control was not new to me in my life. It was pretty standard. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of exactly a lot of the control things were not foreign to me at all. They were really normalized throughout my life. And I'm profoundly grateful to my brother who had the guts to speak out about that and point it out to our family because, yeah, I wasn't about to do that. But, uh, Z, Z dog. I call him my brosif. Um, brosif. I don't know if he listens. Maybe his girlfriend does. 
if you guys are there, I, I love you guys and I miss you. And thank you so much for all your support very recently. Um, it really meant a lot to me. Anyways, back to it. My, how the body kept the score. So if you didn't listen to part one, essentially, uh, I started getting really, really sick while I was dating my ex. We couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Then I ended up having a cardiac arrest. So cardiac arrest and a heart attack, apparently not the same thing. So I went to cardiac arrest. Turns out I was severely dehydrated, didn't have enough electrolytes to make my heart pump correctly, ended up with a heart murmur. Then I had a bunch of other like crazy random issues. Uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on with me because everything kept coming back normal. And finally they're like, well, maybe it's fibromyalgia, um, which I didn't. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, ended up not getting FMLA. Granted, lost that job. Uh, ended up having to move back in my parents. We moved back in with my parents together. We were together for another like two years after that. I ended up getting my endometriosis. Like it hit a breaking point with that. So I had to go in and get surgery for that. I f- ended up finding out that my endometriosis, endometriosis went from stage one to stage four. Um, I'm in my 30s now. I'm dating. Not happening. So, but I always wanted to be a mom. So I, I definitely shut down after they told me, uh, that my endometriosis went from stage one to stage four and I had an endometrioidal cyst, um, because it's like, okay, well, I'm too terrified to date anyone. Um, I have thousands of dollars of debt due to financial abuse so I'm, and I live with my parents, so I can't adopt. Um, so, well, <laughs> guess I'm SOL. Um, then I'm not going to do this. <sighs> then after that, I found out he couldn't even have kids. So, which was, ooh. That made me mad. So everyone's like, well, why are you mad? Everything else you went through, why are you mad to find out he couldn't have kids? It was a blessing that you didn't have kids. Yes, I get that. But had I, had he said, I can't have kids, or had he said on our first date that he couldn't have or didn't want or anything more kids, I would have never dated him. And none of that would have happened. And I know the what if game is not a good game to play. But that is some massive betrayal trauma because I went through hell. And, and um, it wasn't all hell the first year or so. It was really great. It was really fun. Had a great time. And then it was just kind of like, you know, one of those, uh, you know, one of those like ski jumps. <laughs> just downhill really, really fast um, <laughs> until you're catapulted into the abyss anyways um so that's my recap uh so that's all the serious stuff that kind of happened uh so I, I still my disas my disassociation issues really aren't as bad um I don't go into fugues very much my trances are minimal uh my amnesia is resolving which was so exciting so I went to therapy this week this is so exciting I I posted a video about it on my Instagram and TikTok which is at healing is the worst 
on Instagram and at healing is the worst pod on TikTok. But I gave my therapist a timeline, which I have still have lots of blank spaces in time. Still a lot I don't remember. I figure that's just my brain being self-protective and I'm trying to respect it. But I was able to give her a timeline of events from uh, about January 2014 until October 2019 when I left. And so it's not perfect. I'm sure there's still a lot of stuff missing, but it was just some of the major things I was finally able to put that in a chronological order, uh, which is a freaking miracle because I remembered events in time, but I didn't know where those events events actually existed in my own timeline. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's so crazy because, like, you know, a normal person, you could, you know, ask them, oh, you know, what are some of the major events in your life? And they could probably just list them off. And I have to sit there and be like... You know, everyone talks about, like, 2020 kind of being a blur for them. But that was my life, like, 2015 through 2021 when I decided, you know, I, I need to start living and existing again because this is not healthy. This is not what I want. So, yeah. So, I started existing and living again. I, so I, um, you know... I think the course of it was I started therapy in August 2020 and then I started personal training in March of 2021 and had gone between February and March no contact with the two narcissists I had going on and then I started medication in November of 2021 and then I went on FMLA at the beginning of 2022 and then also started the ketamine infusions and I've been you know knock on wood been doing pretty darn well considering you know I went from barely being able to get out of bed to like being a functional human being who like got up at four and meal prepped and like all my laundry and put away <laughs> and, like, if you've ever been through, like, severe depression, you know what a freaking miracle actually washing, folding, hanging, putting away. I even, like, shave my sweaters and, like, steam stuff. Like, who is she? Because I couldn't do that. Like, I could not do that stuff. Also, he used to make me iron his shirts. And so I have a lot of trauma associated with ironing. I did iron some stuff a few weeks ago. And, like, that seemed like a miracle. Ironing freaking shirts. I mean, trauma is so weird. It's weird, the things that get me triggered. Ironing can trigger me. Uh, door slamming. People yelling. Um, if I'm home at night and I hear, like, a car door shut in the middle of the night, that freaks me out because he used to come home late. I'm trying to think of what else would trigger me. I don't like the smell of alcohol. I find that triggering. Like fireball. Uh, stuff that he used to drink. That triggers me. I don't know. It's fun. Mind-body connection is so fun. That was sarcasm. Just in case. Because you can't see my face. 
But that was most certainly sarcasm. Oh, what else? I want to give a huge, like, so, you know, I started that healing journey and I talked about, I gained like a hundred pounds while I was with him. So when I left him, I was 250 pounds. It was like 102 pounds actually, um, that I gained. And I mean, it was, it was not comfortable. I, he'd also, um, pushed me into a very heavy duty piece of furniture and so my back and my neck were pretty much like my neck is still pushed forward from that um not fun stuff so my I gained a lot of weight my mobility really suffered and you know I used to um I used to pay for parking because it was too uncomfortable to walk from the parking garage to my building it hurt too much it was too hard now I can like run up and down the stairs in the garage or at work or whatever but back then I couldn't do that and and like I have I'm a lot more flexible now it's like every time I notice something that I couldn't do then and I could do now it's like a little miracle it's not even a little miracle it is a miracle like I can touch my toes now I can climb up a mountain there's so many things that mentally and physically I was not capable of two years ago, three years ago, one year ago. And so even though I still struggle and I still have flashbacks and I still have triggers and I still, you know, am very careful about how I live my life, um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wonderful things too. And so although, yes, my body completely changed um, and I really, really struggle with those changes. There are a lot of great changes too. You know, you can take action and you can do better for yourself and you can save yourself. Like, you know, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was my favorite superhero before all this. Now I'm more into like, I don't know, I guess Harley, I see Harley Quinn as like a really great character, but um, I have lots of both. I'm like looking at my mini wall of pop vinyls. So, you know, it's so crazy that I went from having to pay for parking at work so I could minimize the distance I had to walk from my car to the elevator to, hey, I can do like a 12 mile plus hike with a backpack. I mean, miracles. There's, there's so many, like how, how, and you know, I, I have a debt of gratitude to Sofit, Bryant, Kylie, Maddie, um, just an extreme debt of gratitude. I, like I said, I started personal training in March of 2021 and we started out like two days a week and <laughs> I was miserable um there are times that I went out to my car and was like I cannot drive yet because I'm either gonna throw up or pass out and like really he was not pushing me that hard then eventually we moved to three days a week and then eventually I started 
doing stuff on the weekends in addition to working out during the week. And then we went to four days and then we went to four days and then me being more active in my, my personal time. And, uh, I haven't really been hiking much lately. I need to do that. I have all the gear now, but, um, you know, there, there's, <laughs> there's a fear of hiking alone now. Um, before I was hiking alone, but then there was like this park predators podcast <laughs> and I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, cause my, my biggest thing before was, oh, like, I guess my biggest concern is like a mountain lion or a bobcat or like, I don't remember, I don't know what kind of cats we have down here. You know, it's, we're rumored to have like Sasquatches. Uh, there's a Sasquatch museum, like not many miles away, which is fun. Um, but I would take a Sasquatch over some people any day. I mean, that would actually be really cool. Um, but I was really less concerned about other people on the trails. And I'm not that concerned about the wildlife here, to be honest, because I grew up in Alaska and like the wildlife here is very unintimidating to me in comparison. We have black bears. They're like tiny and easily frightened. We have coyotes. My dumb butt think <laughs> thought they were dogs. <laughs> so there's this there's there's a coyote and like if it's alone it probably has rabies and you need to be careful. So there's this coyote and I'm like, oh my gosh, this puppy got out and oh my gosh, like its owner is gonna be so sad. And then it got closer and I was like so I was a gonna, I was about to get out of my car and like put it in my car to take it to its owner. And I was like, oh, that's not a puppy, you know, cause like I'm used to wolves, not coyotes. Coyotes are really small in comparison. So I didn't know until I was really close to it. Anyways, fun time. So I'm just not intimidated by the wildlife here. And so I, I have gone out alone. Um, but you know, Maybe I shouldn't do that because people are scary. I did get tipped off that when I did start hiking that uh, my ex had started hiking apparently or like tried to or whatnot. Uh, so word to the wise, never announce what you're going to do before you do it ever. Never announce what you're going to do. Um, I never announce what I'm going to do before I do it. And I never post on social media while I'm at a place. I only post once I'm elsewhere in a safe place. So that's just a little tip. If you are worried about your safety, um, I do those things. I've almost oh, my social medias are on private for the holidays because hovering, uh, hoovering, during the holidays is a real thing. If you are a, um, a victim of narcissistic abuse, you know that, oh, I have not celebrated a holiday in a long time. We, we did put the tree up this year. Um, I've really struggled with holidays. I've always struggled with Christmas since my grandma died, but, um, I've just, the holidays are just so triggering. And usually, you probably know this, but narcissists love to ruin holidays, birthdays. Um, I know there's always causing problems. 
So like one time I took him to a baby shower and he like was just being so bizarre. And my friend was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's doing. Like this is a, one of the few times I ever took him anywhere. Um, most of the time he avoided meeting my friends. Not that I had very many left at that point. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, holidays, hoovering. Yeah, I had to put all my socials on private for the holidays because homie don't play that game. I'm not about that life right now. Um, so I actually ended up going no contact on or around my birthday in 2021 because he was starting to fight with me on my birthday. And before that, he had called me around Thanksgiving and started trying to fight with me. And before that... He had called me before the day before my surgery when I definitely wasn't okay and started harassing me about something he wanted me to handle. Like I didn't handle everything else for years and I was kind of done at that point. But yeah, hoovering is, is real. So, um, I, well, I'm not really connecting a lot of my social medias, uh, my personal stuff with this podcast, um, as of right now for personal and protection reasons, but, uh, so some people, like, know who I am because I've interacted with them before I started the podcast, and some people don't because I'm just trying to be careful. Um, I do post videos of myself, but I feel like this is just such a interesting little niche that, uh, most people are not gonna make that connection. Oh, what else? So, hoovering at the holidays, hiking, man being the most dangerous animal. Um, I don't know. Can't think of much else. I mean, I know in the last episode of The Body Kept the Score, I was really upset. I, I did start crying. Um, but I, I feel like this episode is more about the miracles of what I've been able to overcome. I've been able to overcome a back injury and it was not even my first back injury. It was like my third. Um, I was able to overcome, you know, gaining weight rapidly fast and how, um, you know, that was just physically very hard on my body. And it's not just that it's, you know, visually sort of socially, you know, not as, as acceptable. Um, and you know, I did face, I have faced bullying for it. I, in the, you know, I, people have made comments about it, like, Oh, what happened to you? And, and that's hard, especially as someone who's recovering from an eating disorder, now recovering from two, but you know, so it's a struggle every day is a struggle in its own right, but I have so many miracles so many miracles. And I try to find one at least every other day. Like, you know, it's Sunday morning and I, I really don't have anything that I need to do today. It's a freaking miracle. Um, my meals are prepped. My laundry's hung up. I don't know. I can sit and read a book. I can research for the next episode because I think... Uh, the next episode is going to be, I think I want to talk about the bite model um, and what that can look like. Not so much in a cult, but in a relationship. So 
uh, and if you're not familiar with the bite model, the bite model is, I think it's behavioral, intellectual, thought, and emotional. So it's the different types of manipulation in course of control in high control situations. So usually in cults, but uh, it works if you're trying to compare it to a relationship. So that's uh, Steve Hassan, maybe Dr. Steve Hassan. So Steve Hassan, um, bite model. Uh, he has a website, if you Google him, where that sheet is available. So I think that's what we're going to talk about next time. But uh, I think I'm getting tired and I'm getting off topic. So I'm going to wrap up. But, you know, as, as hard as some of the things were and still are, um, every day is a miracle. Every day just to be like, you know... I don't even know if I'm supposed to be alive, but here I am, and I I can do things that I never thought would be possible for me again, and I can talk to you all about it, and, you know, the fact that I can, like, laugh and smile and climb a mountains and go to personal training and, you know, it's it's all a miracle, and I think that, you know, you really define what a, redefine what a miracle is when you've been in a situation where you know, you've essentially been in like living hell and crawled your way out of it. So hang in there, be you, be well, be safe. Thank you for sitting with me and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks so much for taking time today to sit with me for this episode. If you'd like to know more, you can follow me at, at Healing is the Worst on Instagram or at Healing is the Worst Pod on TikTok. As always, be well, be safe, and be you.